Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom and welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. Today we will be learning Yoma 66. Yesterday's daf ended with a discussion about the sacrificial goat that was disqualified from being offered in a certain year, and the question was asked why this animal couldn't be offered the following year. But before we continue this discussion, I wanted to remind people that on Yom Kippur, in addition to the two goats, one that was sacrificed in the temple and the other, the scapegoat, the high priest also sacrificed a bull. The difference between the bull and the goat was that the bull was sacrificed on behalf of the sins of the high priest, his family, and fellow priests, while the goat was sacrificed on behalf of the entire community of Israel. Now, how does this par, the bull that was sacrificed, work into our discussion? The Gomorrah raises the possibility that maybe the goat cannot be held over to be sacrificed the following year because the rabbis felt that maybe if this was done, then somebody might think that it was a good idea to do the same thing with the bull. And they weren't too happy about that possibility because it might happen that the high priest would die during the year. And when the next Yom Kippur rolls around, its designated owner, meaning the bull's designated owner, wouldn't be alive. But with the goat, since it was a communal sacrifice, this possibility didn't exist. So the Gemara is still left with a reason to disqualify the goat from being used for the following year. Today's daf begins with a Tanaitic teaching of Baraita that offers up a reason why maybe it really was possible for a goat to be sacrificed during next year's Yom Kippur, because maybe a year really hasn't passed. Now, how did they figure that a year really hasn't passed? The following Tanaitic teaching addressed a situation in which a person had sold their home within a walled city, and he has a year to buy it back. But the question is, how do you count this year? Here is the following source. A full year, one counts 365 days according to the year of the sun. This is the view of Rabbi, Rabbi Judah the Prince. The sages say one counts 12 lunar months from day to day. And if the year be a leap year, the advantage belongs to the seller. According to Rabbi Judah the Prince, the year is calculated according to the solar calendar, which was between 365 and 366 days. While according to the sages, the year was calculated according to the lunar calendar, which was between 354 and 355 days. So how can this help the argument that the goat can actually be used the following Yom Kippur? Maybe the year-long expiration of the goat is based upon the solar calendar. While we know that the year between one Kippur, Yom Kippur and the next is based upon the lunar calendar, which is fewer days, meaning that the expiration date of the goat is actually longer than the time between one, one Yom Kippur and the next. So if one waits until the next Yom Kippur, the expiration date hasn't expired. The Gemara then tries to apply the same teaching to the bull, but it doesn't go so well for a number of reasons. Then another reason is offered that would justify the disqualification of both the bull and the goat, and that is because of the possibility of a takala, 
a mistake or a stumbling block. What is the stumbling block? The stumbling block is that maybe somebody would get a bit anxious about this animal lying around that is just waiting to be sacrificed for Yom Kippur, and he would inadvertently sacrifice it before Yom Kippur. Picture it. A priest is in need of an animal to sacrifice. He sees one wandering on the temple courtyard, and guess what? Off to the altar it goes. That would have been a big no-no. The Gemara soon ends our discussion, and another Mishnah is now brought. It is worth listening to the entire Mishnah. He comes to the goat which is to be sent forth and lays his two hands on it and makes the confession. And thus did he say, O Lord, your people, the house of Israel, has committed iniquity, transgressed and sinned before you. Forgive, O Lord, I pray, the iniquities, transgressions, and sins which your people, the house of Israel, have committed, transgressed and sinned before you. As it is written in the Torah of Moses, your servant, for on this day shall atonement be made for you to clean you. From all your sins shall you be clean before the Lord, quoting Leviticus 16.30. And the Mishnah continues, And the priests and the people standing in the courtyard, when they would hear the express, the ineffable name of God come out of the name, mouth of the high priest, would kneel and bow down and fall on their faces and say, Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Baruch Shem Kavod Machuto Ba'ed. He gave the scapegoat over to the one who was to lead it out. All are valid to lead it out, but high priests made it a practice of not letting Israelites lead it out. Said Rabbi Yossi, it once happened that a man named Arsela led it out, and he was an Israelite. They made a ramp for it on account of the Babylonians, who would pull out his hair and say, Take and go, take and go. As with many of the Mishnahs in Tractate Yoma, there is lots of drama in this Mishnah. There's a vivid description of how the high priest laid his hands on the goat and confessed, O Lord, your people, the house of Israel, have, has committed iniquity, transgressed, and sinned before you. Forgive, O Lord, I pray, the iniquities, transgressions, and sins which your people, the house of Israel, have committed and transgressed and sinned before you. And after the high priest pronounces God's ineffable name, everybody present responds, responds Baruch Shem Kavod Machut Ve'ed, Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. There are a number of other interesting things in this Mishnah, which we will get to later. But the first question that the Gemara asked is about the formulation of the high priest's confession. On Yom Kippur, the high priest made a number of confessions, and in some of them is included the line, the sons of Aaron, your holy people. But why not in this confession? Why aren't the priests included in this confession? Are they not part of the children of Israel? The answer seems to be that in some way the priests are separate from the rest of Bnei Israel, and that is why they aren't included in this formulary confession. The Gemara then brings a number of questions that were asked of Rabbi Eliezer. What is interesting about these questions is that Rabbi Eliezer refuses to answer these questions in a direct manner. He was sometimes evasive, and at other times his answer showed an annoyance at the questioners. Here are a few of the questions and his answers. They asked Rabbi Eliezer, what about so-and-so in the world to come? He replied, Have you asked me only about this one? Meaning, they asked Rabbi Eliezer whether a certain person had a place in the world to come, and he answered, Are you really asking about this person or about someone else? Here are another two questions that were asked of him. May one save the lamb from the lion? He said to them, Have you asked me only about the lamb? May one save the shepherd from the lion? He said to them, Have you asked me only about the shepherd? Commentators tried to identify the anonymous characters about whom Rabbi Eliezer was asked, but what seems to be clear is that even great rabbis sometimes don't have patience for annoying questions. 
We'll conclude with a few words about the last line in the Mishnah that describes a ramp which the person leading out the goat would use. They made a ramp for it on account of the Babylonians who would pull out its hair and say, take and go, take and go. First of all, whose hair is being pulled out? Some say that it was the hair of the person leading out the scapegoat. They were anxious to get rid of their sins, so they wanted to move him along. While others understood it to be that they were plucking out the hair of the goat so that the goat would move, be moving along a little faster. Apparently, the ramp was then built so that both the goat and the person leading it out would be out of reach of the anxious Babylonians who couldn't wait to see it go off a cliff. Thank you for listening to the Daily Daf Differently, and I hope that you will tune in to tomorrow's Daf. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.